Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Joining me tonight, my good friend out there on the West Coast in Los Angeles, California. Some call it San Francisco South. Some people are calling it that uh, with SoFi Stadium. Uh, San Francisco Stadium is another nickname I have heard for said stadium. Uh, Evan Swords is just having a having a good kind of night. He's got the Kyle Shanahan hat on. He's got the Debo jersey. He's got the stash rocking. He is all aboard uh, the 49er hype train. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? I am good, man. It, it, it feels... You know, I got to say, it feels great, baby. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was exciting to see the Niners play such great football tonight. I mean, that defense is insane. It's nice to see Jimmy play some good football, too. Um, I got to I gotta be honest with you. I went into this game like not, not that general, you know, hype man that I normally am with most games. I, I was I was worried. I was very worried about the outcome of the game tonight. I was very worried uh, about the Rams, especially after the, the NFC Championship last year. So, to have everything that happened tonight happened as it did, I'm I'm floored with happiness. That's good, man. And we're gonna get into the Niners because both of our teams uh, won this weekend. Um, everyone's talking about the Falcons' offense, and everyone's talking about the. 49ers defense uh, coming out of this. So if we combine our two teams, maybe we just uh, build the perfect uh, the perfect NFL football team in 2022. Uh, I think our offense is better. So yeah, I don't know about all that. Do you? Our offense? Do you? Then Drake Marcus London, Mer- Kyle Pitts, Caleb Huntley just waltzing right into the lineup and just averaging a billion yards a carry. First off, carry I mean, team to, Kyle, to- Kyle, at least George Kittle blocks. What does Kyle Pitts do? That's true. He catches passes. Not, but does he? They don't throw him the ball. Yeah. Well, some weeks. I mean, yeah. listen, I'm excited for what they will become hopefully soon. But yeah, I mean, the, the Falcons can't even get their best player the ball, which I, hey, as a 49ers fan, I empathize with that because George, I mean, did you see the Brian Baldinger tweet tonight? Uh, I did not. He literally, I mean, you've, I've been, I've been literally yelling about how little George Kittle is used and how often they use him as just a blocker. Um, And even Baldy tonight was like, do they have any plays for George Kittle? But how much of that is just him coming? I I wonder with Kittle, I mean, the injuries and stuff like that. I I wonder if they're still just... No, they're just no, they're using so? him as a blocker. If it was an injury thing, they wouldn't have him going up against helping Aaron Donald block, mm. you know, helping block Aaron Darnold. God, I can't speak. It's too late. But <laughs> I mean, you know, I will say this George Kittle had some good, good catches tonight, and then he also had a touchdown that got called back because of an inch of a foot, which was un- of unfortunate because it was just absolute dime by Jimmy G. It was too, too bad all around for both the quarterback and the and the pass catcher well let's get into what happened tonight on uh monday night football we had the 49ers uh take down the los angeles rams uh the 49ers came into this game as the number one defensive dvoa team in the nfl 
Uh, we saw a lot of fun stuff from Bosa and company. They obviously have a big pick six to ice it. But going into that, you were quite mad, and a lot of folks, even Peyton Manning was mad at the decision to kick uh, that ultimately did not bite the 49ers uh, in the end in this one. But now that it's over, the Niners won. Uh, Kyle Shanahan continues his reign over Sean McVay and gets his revenge from a season ago. How are you feeling about the 49ers as of 11.42 East Coast time on a Monday versus how you felt at, let's say, 4 o'clock East Coast time, Evan Swartz? So you have to understand that last week, and I am one, as I will always say, I am one of Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest supporters. I'm not going to say I'm a fan, but I am a supporter because I'm a 49ers fan, and that's what I've done. From Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick to Jimmy G, I will forever defend the, the 49ers quarterback. It's what you, to me, it's what you're supposed to do as a fan. Uh, but that said, he had honestly maybe the worst game I've ever seen him play last week against the Broncos. Now the Broncos have, are a very good team. And you know, when a good defense plays, you know, a quarterback, as we saw last week with Jimmy and the Broncos and this week with Stafford and, you know, and the Niners defense, like good defenses, like really good defenses will make quarterbacks pay. And, you know, coming off that Denver loss, it was, it was, I wasn't out on the season because I do and did think that the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. I thought it last week. I thought it the week before. And, you know, everyone has always, as always, whenever I claim this, right. When I, when, there are years that I go, no, they will be the best defense. And then people go, no, you're wrong. And this is that year. I knew that they were the best defense in the NFL. So when people were like, oh, are you done with the season? Like what? And I was like, no, because I, they'll still compete no matter what. Even if, even if the Jimmy that we saw last night against the Broncos, you know, when these conversations were had, I was like, e they'll still compete. They're just too good at defense. Mm. So going into this game against the Rams, for me, I just wanted to see the 49ers score points, get the ball down the field. Don't kick field goals, convert, score touchdowns, get the ball in the end zone. And I felt like we got to see that tonight. Uh, I am, you know, I have been a huge promote proponent of stopping this whole rushing uh, Debo Samuel, right? Like tonight was, and this may be the clip that you need to use for Twitter, but mm. tonight, tonight was the greatest example. I'm, as I'm much, marking it. As much as you all in the world and NFL has been like, Debo Samuel, you got to get the ball in his hands no matter what. That's why you rush the ball. No, the, the tonight was the example of why Debo Samuel is one of the best receivers in the NFL, and you don't need to waste time rushing him against a stacked box. Get the ball in his hands. It's not hard. You don't have to rush him. You don't have to do jet sweeps, these crazy play designs. It can be a four-yard pass and let him do his thing. And what happened? Six catches, 115 yards, touchdown, averaging 19.2 yards per carry. Debo had something like, like I think what was like over 70 yards, insane yards after the catch tonight. Hmm. Maybe it was more maybe. Like I appreciate last year we had like running back injuries. I appreciate this year that we have running back injuries. But let the running backs run the ball. If you want to have maybe one to two plays a game where you want to use Debo as a runner, 
you know, something that maybe you'll catch them off guard. Fine. Great. You don't need to use Debo like that. Get mm-hmm. the ball to your playmakers. And I felt like tonight they did that, right? Like you got that, you know, you know, you got, this was like a night where everybody won. Jimmy mm-hmm. played well enough. Kyle got to send, you know, have that fun pass to his fullback, right? George Kittle got the ball a couple of times. He only, you know, he only catched two passes, mm-hmm. but he did have a touchdown. It was very close. You know, the ball got spread out a lot, but you got the ball to your playmakers. And I, I, I just, I'm happy. I'm happy that we got to see that. Debo ran the ball twice tonight for two yards. Get the ball to your playmakers. Debo's one of the best receivers in the NFL. There's a reason that why he was neck and neck last year with Cooper Cup. When they like week seven, they both had like, you know, like 800, 900 yards or something insane, whatever it was. Right. And then all of a sudden we started using Debo like a running back. Debo deserves the respect for one of the best receivers in the NFL. And tonight he showed that. Um, what about uh so there were seven sacks total in this one uh for uh the Rams given up on uh on the night. Quarter uh, 42.2 quarterback rating for Matthew Stafford. Uh no TDs, 5.3 yards per attempt. They couldn't run the ball. 18 carries for 57 yards, 3.2 yards per attempt. Uh Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, just didn't matter. Uh Cooper Cup still went off um to an extent where it was he was still only averaging 8.7 yards. I mean 14 receptions, 122 yards. I want to guess that part of that was Jerry Rice being in attendance and some people comparing him to Jerry Rice uh, last year. I'm sure that was a cool experience to just have uh, the legend in the building. Steve Young, Jerry Rice, uh, all kinds of legends uh, watching the 49ers. So I'm sure that was cool, especially for Debo with this 57-yard touchdown uh, catch, not run, as 49er fans and Debo Samuel, as you alluded to, uh, prefers uh, in the year of 2022. Evan Swords. But when I'm curious because you talked about the defense and I think that might be uh, overlooked here is just Bosa. Obviously you're expecting it, but you got pass rush help from a multitude of uh, guys in this one. And you had set two sacks by Ebukam, who you like a lot. I know you talked about that. Ridgeway gets one. Uh, Amin, how do you pronounce his name? Aminu. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Got Charles one. Aminu. Aminu. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, I think, yeah, Lenore got the other one. So in terms of the pass rush outside of Bosa, what did you see the Niners did and who were you most impressed with in the defensive line to make Stafford's night uh, a miserable one? It all starts with Nick Bosa, period. Mm-hmm. Tonight was a great, you know, a great uh, passing of the torch ceremony from Aaron Donald to Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is now the best defensive player in the NFL. It's mm-hmm. not Micah Parsons. Okay, it's not Trayvon Diggs. It's not Aaron Donald. It's it's not. It's Nick Bosa. There's no way on earth without you have already reading this. If you have, just tell me. How many pressures do you think Nick Bosa had tonight? Do you know the number, first off? He had two sacks. I'm going to guess... Do you have five? 14 pressures tonight. 14? 14. It's, I don't know if that's ever been done in a game before. So when I mm. say it all starts with Nick Bosa, that is why. Nick Bosa is already getting the attention that someone like him gets. He gets double teams. Mm. 
and he's still getting sacks and he's still getting 14 pressures. So it allows, you know, guys like Samsung Ibukam, who really, you know, I came from the Rams as a free agent. You know, there was some high upside, but last year he played decent. They traded for Charles Omenahu halfway through the season because Ibukam wasn't really playing, I think, as well as they had hoped. Those are things that just happen because, you know, Hassan Ridgeway, man, like these are guys that are very happy to get to play next to Nick Bosa because they are looking good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one thing that I want to talk about, because as much as the pass rush, you know, seven sacks, 14 pressures from Bosa, right? Like absolutely incredible night. Bosa has two sacks now. Yeah, I mean, he's just killing it. But the one thing, one of the most quiet details of this game tonight is Charvarius Ward, the free agent that the 49ers signed from the Kansas City Chiefs this year, quietly having one of the best corner years out of any corner. Trayvon Diggs is out there grabbing the ball once or twice a game. It's it's very, very impressive. It's, it's, it's admirable. And I know there's a lot of football fans out there that are very excited to see. You know, everyone loves an interception. Mm-hmm. Charvarius Ward is like it's it's like a, a long lost relic. He is a one on one corner. He is you versus me, and every single week he has these incredible plays where it's just you know I talked about it last week on our pod where it was you know Russell Wilson and his little magic that he always does, and then he threw the ball to Jerry Judy and a and a, a you know, a Tyler Lockett play that has happened a million times for, you know, whoever it be, Doug Baldwin, right? Traverius Ward had this incredible tip again tonight. It's one-on-one. He goes up and makes a fantastic play. He's, he's, he's having a quietly incredible season. I hope more people pay attention to him down the road because what he's doing is very admirable. He's not doing it with safety help. That's that's one of the things that was most impressive to me tonight. You know, Hofunga, who, want, you know, I feel like I'm a broken record. I'm obviously the biggest 49ers fan, you know, homer on earth, where I feel like every single player is just the best player on earth. But Talano Hofunga, who is, by the way, the second coming of Troy Polamalu, who <laughs> training with him in the offseason, also hmm. from USC, also long, you know, luscious hair, right? Also an Islander. Um he played out of his mind night. He had a pick six, right? Mm-hmm. There's the last couple of games they've been using Hufunga to blitz, you know, that like speed blitz mm-hmm. uh, at the snap. And he's timed it well, so well. But like he blitzed tonight. And it was, I think it was a little, maybe a little more obvious than normal. And he missed. He was, it came very close. But Fred Warner immediately picked it up and you know being fred warner being the greatest linebacker in the nfl that he is cleaned up that tackle and it just shows like how important and why the san francisco 49ers defense is so good because everyone can do their thing and they don't have to worry about anyone else Hmm. and they're just gonna do what they're supposed to do and it might not work but they can do it they can you know they can have those blitzes by a safety because they know that the linebackers are going to do the job. They know that Bosa is going to get pressure. It's just they're the best defense in the NFL. Everything is clicking right now. They're unstoppable. 
The only thing that has that can stop the 49ers defense is Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. Well, we'll see. Two and two. I don't know who the best team in the NFC West is right now. I think uh, we got a long way to go for these four teams to figure it out because you have the the Seahawks and their offense that it's so weird watching the Seahawks win this way and we'll get the Seahawks Lions and what the, the kind of line Gino is putting up week after week uh, for Seattle and the 31st ranked defense and just a very, very different Seattle Seahawks than we've been accustomed to the last 10 to 15 years. Cardinals, we still have to wait and see what D-Hop looks like when he gets back with that group. Um, they survive and come back late. Uh, Kyler turns it on when he needs to in the second half. And the Rams, obviously limited and not the same team they were a year ago. It's still good. And like you said, they'll go as far in San Francisco as Jimmy Garoppolo takes them. But we'll see over the course of the next 13 games what he looks like and how this team continues to grow. So I'm very curious to see how the NFC West continues to unfold because um, down in the South, in the NFC South, Evan, barring a just unbelievable second half collapse in, uh, in Atlanta in the opener, the Atlanta Falcons would be sitting alone atop the NFC South uh, through four weeks of the NFL season. Uh, let me tell you, Evan, it was an absolute delight watching uh, the Falcons on Sunday. Uh, no Miles Garrett in this one, which, uh, again, speedy recovery. All uh, well wishes to Miles Garrett um, coming back from his crash. I was concerned still with just how good the offensive line uh, Cleveland has was going to be because the Falcons do not have any sense of a pass rush. Uh, once again, it's a tradition unlike any other here in Atlanta. But Grady Jarrett, I mean, you talk about the best defensive player in football. Grady Jarrett's not the best player, Evan, but he is <laughs> so clutch and he is so good when he needs to be. And he has a huge sack um, late in this one that puts Cleveland back uh, third and uh, fourth in a billion. And uh, obviously they do not uh, do anything with it. Brissett throws it up in the air. Rich, uh, not Richie Grant. I forgot who ended up coming down with it. Richie Grant was last week. I forgot who came down with it last, yesterday, actually. It wasn't Jalen Hawkins. I don't remember. Um, maybe it was uh, Alfred. I think it was Alfred. Um, but either way, uh, they win late and the Falcons are two and two. The offense, uh, is fun. Uh, I think you, I don't know if you saw on Twitter today, uh, Nate Tice, uh, tweeted out a clip of one of many Caleb Huntley, uh, big time runs when Cordell Patterson could not play really in the second half. We had a drive, uh, Evan, where they ran the ball every single play and they scored well, a touchdown. Why From is that though? Well, that's what that's what's the that's what's the most interesting part of that story to me. Well, part of it is just Arthur Smith is just pulling stuff out of his butt in terms of scheming these guys, whether it's Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, Caleb Huntley. He is just a mastermind at run scheming. Like, I think that's a major part of it, regardless of who's at quarterback. Well, no, no, no. So, I mean, the, the thing that I'm talking about that I thought was interesting, or at least to me, was that after Marcus Mariota had a very bad play, I think mm -hmm. it might have been after his interception, they ran it that many times in a row, and it was mm -hmm. what led to a touchdown drive. That was Arthur Smith looking at Mariota and saying, I do not need you. And I mean, I you know, in the moment, it's fun and it's exciting. I think 
I hope that the Falcons can continue this momentum, but I thought that was really funny. And then to score a touchdown doing it. Mm. I mean, eliminate Zacchaeus had a big duck catch, which, uh, as you alluded to, Marcus Mariota is just not good. Um, he's doing just enough to keep his job week over week. But the story is just 35 carries, 202 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, two TDs as a whole for this group. And Cordero going to the IR. I'm a little concerned about that. So he's gone for at least four weeks. But, I mean, Caleb Huntley looks good for a couple weeks. And you drafted Algier for this reason. 10 carries, 84 yards, 8.4. He runs hard. Um, Nick Chubb was was great for Cleveland. But Cleveland's just not – the thing about Brissett is – and he averaged 6.7 yards per attempt in this one. And it felt like it. And then there's just something with Brissett that he just doesn't take the chances downfield. He doesn't – he just does enough. And it's it's weird that Mariota is more aggressive than him at this point in his career because I think early on he was definitely not an aggressive quarterback when he came in the league at Tennessee, especially going downfield. And he does take downfield shots. Like, he is not afraid to uh, take downfield shots. It's just not always very accurate. But – for every bad ball, he throws some good balls. Like he's not awful. He's it's not like a Mitch Trubisky situation uh, in Atlanta, but it's also not great. And at this, you have to wonder how much longer you don't go to Dez when the quarterback play is like this. And if you're a running identity team, you might as well just see what you have. And I mean, I think the other part of it too is just the Falcons have gotten way more out of their offensive line than I think any of us would have predicted because. There was a lot of questions here. Elijah Wilkinson did not have a great game at left guard, but by and large, the holes are there. And the offensive line has played far, far beyond what I had ever anticipated was a possibility. And Arthur Smith is just coaching his butt off, man. Like the Falcons offense, people who the defense, it is what it is, but the offense is 1000% legit. And I think folks should probably be a little scared once uh, Arthur Smith gets a little bit more town on this side of the ball, because I think it's, it's on Pat to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yeah, you know, I, I was actually going to ask you about that. Did watching the Pittsburgh Steelers game, or at least see, seeing what happened with her, did that m- maybe give you as a fan that juice to kind of go, okay, let's get Ritter in there? I mean, I want to see it anyway, but it's also like the offense is good. So as long as the offense is still humming with Mariota, I understand why Smith is doing this. I mean, they could easily be three and one with Mariota right now. So I think until Mariota really sputters, he had another almost <laughs> fumble loss. He dropped a he dropped a, just another shotgun set where it's like he's not paying all the all the way. Just he's just it's so weird. It you would never it, it's very it feels very college, very high school right. what happens. And he does it once or twice a game. He'll take a dumb chance downfield once or twice a game. But he's still, he's fine. Marcus Mariota is fine for right now. And it's a long season. You still got 13 games. Um, It's not like there's an exact time you need to get Ritter in there to see what you have. But the Steelers weren't moving the football. The Steelers were having fans just revolt at uh, the lack of productivity for their offense through three weeks, right? Like that was the difference is like the offense wasn't humming. The offense is humming outside of Mariota. Uh, Drake London is having an offensive rookie of the year type start to the season. Um, the Falcons are running the football with ease, no matter who's in the backfield right now. I think that kind of keeps the put Ritter in there folks at bay for at least another week or two. But look, I, I would prefer Ritter in there sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to happen eventually. Marcus Mariota is 
as much as I love him and as much as I am an Oregon fan, I, you know, it, it seems like he will be a good backup for years to come. For sure. He's somebody you want in a pinch. If you need a, a quarterback for a month or whatever to keep the thing afloat, then Mario is a, a good option. One I would the, like, I would like if Trey Lance does get going, I would like Mariota to come be the backup for him. I could see it. Um, but we are a ways away from that, my friend. Um, who do you feel across the NFL uh, better about this week than you did the previous week, Evan? 49ers. How do you ask that? You can't do the 49ers. You can't. I mean, I know, but like of all the questions that you could possibly ask, I mean, the most obvious answer uh would be the 49ers i mean hmm. hey the raiders the raiders to me i thought were you know obviously one of the worst football teams i mean they had the worst record they were winless mm-hmm. and the raiders come in Derek carr doesn't you know i mean obviously this was the josh jacobs game but Derek carr didn't throw a pick and the josh jacobs goes nuts 144 two touchdowns i it's hard you know Devonte adams gets 100 yards like I, 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 it's not I an exciting that. answer, but I mean, you know, you, you go winless to that. <sighs> um, I think the biggest one that I flipped on is the Cowboys where I think, I mean, the Eagles are having an amazing start. Uh, I think they have the second best Super Bowl odds per football outsiders, uh, after this week, um, just behind, I think, uh, the, the bills as I want to say. Um, but the Cowboys, I have a stat for you, Evan. The Cowboys. Cooper Rush is the first quarterback to win each of his first starts, first four starts in Cowboys history. Remember, Dak went eleven and one out of the gate, and he never surrendered the job back to Tony Romo after he got hurt and he entered the fold. Cooper Rush is absolutely not the next Dak Prescott or anything like that, but. Michael Gallup's back. He has a big touchdown in this one. Um, the Commanders are just, uh, and we'll get to the Commanders in a second. I think the Cowboys are the biggest team that a week ago, I just was still not buying that they're going to be able to survive and weather the storm. But I think the Cowboys might still be a big fact. They're only a game behind the Eagles. They To be 3-1 and one after losing Dak is pretty remarkable. And I think with your only loss being to a very good Bucks team, the Cowboys are in good shape. I think the Cowboys are good. The defense is legit. They're a t- You talk about the defense of the Niners. I think the Cowboys have a top 10 defense in football this year. And I think, uh, I think that matters for them really competing, not just for the wild card, but I think Cowboys Eagles is going to be an interesting thing to monitor uh, the rest of the way. I'm, I'm buying the Cowboys Kool-Aid right now. So here's, here's what I will say. Mm. I am not at all, but here's, what's going to be super funny for the Cowboys. First and foremost, the Buccaneers have really gotten worse. I think, you know, obviously they have injuries and things like that, but you know, the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys pretty bad week one, the Mm. Bengals, it was a close game. The Bengals have been trying to figure it out. The season's been weird. Beating the Giants to me is not impressive. I don't care that they're, you know, have a good decent record. It's not impressive to me. Beating the Commanders is not impressive. They have to play the Rams, who looked pretty terrible last night, but the Cowboys don't have that defense. So they have to play the Rams and the Eagles. So if we look two weeks from now, 
you know, and they're two and four. Mm -hmm. But then this is where it gets funny. Then they go lions and bears. (laughs) Then they go Cowboys Vikings, Mm -hmm. but then they go giants and Colts. So it's going to be a back and forth year because they've got a pretty easy schedule, all things considered. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think the Cowboys might be an eight win team, but they could maybe be a nine win team. I don't think the Cowboys are winning 10 games this year. I don't know. I mean, you get the Lions at home in a couple of weeks. You go to LA who are licking their wounds after uh, this this latest loss to the 49ers. Yeah, but it's a home game after you just got beat up by a really good defense. Don't you think they'll play better? For sure. But I just think it's going to be like it's a toss up. Like, I think that'll be a close game. And I think at Philly, obviously, we'll learn a bunch about both teams. But you get Chicago at home. You get the Giants at home. You get the Colts at home. You get the Texans at home. I mean, it, this is not a crazy schedule for the Cowboys uh, the rest of the way. I could see them getting 10 wins. I'm not ruling out 10 for the Cowboys um, on this one. Uh, of all the games, Evan, which was the most surprising result for you? The most surprising result? I mean... You know, I mean, I don't want to be a broken record, but I, I would definitely say that the Raiders was pretty surprising, just in mm. general, because the Raiders were looking terrible. Um, I will say this. I don't think... No, I mean, like, I was going to say, I don't think that there was many surprises this week, but I will say this. I do think that the Seahawks was the biggest surprise. And I think that's got to be the biggest surprise for a lot of people. Geno Smith is playing really good football. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks are winning football games. Like, that's the biggest surprise to me. Like, how... And, you know, maybe this is the same conversation that the Cooper Rush thing is. How mm. long does this go on? Is Geno legit? Can he play a decent football game week in and week, week out? Can he give the Seahawks the ability to, to win? I joked early on in this podcast that maybe the Seahawks will beat out the Cardinals for that number three spot. I don't know if that's a joke anymore. The defense really stinks, and the Lions really almost came back and won, and I have a Lions stat that's just preposterous. But Geno has completed 77% of his passes this year, man. That's the highest completion percentage by any quarterback through a team's first four games of a season minimum 125 attempts per ESPN stats and infos like he's not going to play at this level the rest of the year I mean that's not going to happen he's playing just really insane insanely efficient but the better thing if you're a Seahawks fan is just he's out playing Russ significantly Uh, more pass yards Russ is only completing 66 percent of 61 percent of his passes to Geno's 77 um six touchdowns for Gino, four for Russ. I mean, the dude is just he's he is performing at a wildly wildly efficient level and I think the scheme and what they're doing and also we can't uh, overlook DK Metcalf is an absolute star and borderline uncoverable. I watched what he did to AJ Terrell in Seattle 2 weeks ago. You can a lot of teams best corners just can't match up with DK DK is fantastic and he's only gotten better kind of under the radar a little bit Tyler Lockett always been one of my favorites to watch and he's been great for them 
I don't know. They have a lot of bodies. Rashad Penny's run well. Um, the offense, I think, is legit. But let me tell you, as someone who watched the – I don't think the Falcons punted against the Seahawks. If they did, they punted maybe once uh, two weeks ago. The defense is a train wreck, and they have had a lot of injuries. The defensive line is quite bad. So do I think they're legit in the sense of the offense being good? Yeah, I think the offense is going to be good the whole year, and Gino's good. But do I think the defense is going to keep this thing humming and they're going to get nine or ten wins, maybe a wildcard team? I don't see it. I, I, I really don't like this defense. They're terrible. Yeah. Well, here's a stat for you. that You want to hear the saddest line stat coming from NFL.com, Evan? It's quite sad. I think I probably know what it is, but I'm waiting. NFL.com. The Lions have scored 140 points and allowed 141 points in 2022. They that, have... The, go ahead. Oh, I thought that was the end. Oh, no. That, there's more. That 281-point total is the most combined points and points allowed through four games in NFL history. The 2022 Lions have lost two games in which they scored at least 35 points, tied for the most in a single season in NFL history. If that's not the most Lions thing possible, where you finally break through on the offensive thing, 35 points multiple times, and you're one and three. I mean, just goodness gracious. Lions they, fans don't deserve this, man. The First off, the Lions fans, they we, they, we don't know something because they have <laughs> – done something to anger the football gods for many mm -hmm. years so, i mean but no yeah the lions have the most point have scored the most points this year and they have allowed <laughs> the most points this mm -hmm. year it is you know i gotta say though uh, let me preface it the rams won the super bowl mm -hmm. you know they won the trade no matter what they won the trade sure the rams won the super bowl but like Jared Goff is playing better than Matt Stafford right now. The Rams quietly minus twenty four point differential through four weeks. Who Only would have thought points that when scored. you have Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., right? Like, mm. who would have thought? You know, Jared Goff was out here throwing the ball to you know a couple guys, and uh, the you know the ghost of Todd Gurley, mm. like. I mean, Goff had it bad in that Super Bowl run. He had a, you know, he had a, he had a bad, I mean, I'm not saying Goff is like a start, you know, whatever, but like he's playing decent football right now and Matt Stafford can't even do that. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, maybe there's just something wrong. We had the whole elbow thing with Stafford. He's probably not a hundred percent, but um, it's just the Rams, I don't think are Super Bowl contenders as currently constructed right now. Uh, who would you guess has the worst point differential in the NFC right now? Cardinals? No, not the Cardinals. Good guess. Minus 15. They have a well, I guess one. the Seahawks. Wouldn't it be the Seahawks? Seahawks, negative 20. Getting closer. It's the Rams? Even closer. Rams sneakily Wait, hold on. had the second worst point differential in the NFC. It's the Niners? No, the Niners actually have the second I just named all four of them so what are we doing i'm not talking about the nfc west i meant the i said nfc oh, uh, sorry I you said the nfc west sorry yeah yeah oh in the nfc god i wouldn't even know the washington commanders at minus 34 yeah i mean i don't this year if there's one storyline that like 
And let me go ahead and also add, that's the worst yeah. in the NFL as a whole. They are the worst I, team I would in football. Imagine. I would imagine. We've gone, like, back-to-back years with, like, teams, like, gambling on these, like, like high upside, which mm-hmm. really they never were high upside. They just sucked. Quarterbacks. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is bad, right? Carson Wentz is bad. Like, these – you know, I apologize. I, I, I got to say, like, we talk about this and how bad these players are, but, like, I can't even imagine the men, what the mental health looks like being Baker Mayfield and going from being drafted number one to this. Like, I don't mean to talk about that. That's kind of, a, like, a downer thing. But, like, I was thinking about that. Like, cause he had a pretty rough game. Like, I can't even imagine what it's like to go from Oklahoma on top of the world, drafted number one, you're in every commercial – Everyone loves you. You've got all this swag and just like, Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Like the Panthers might be what the second or third worst team in the NFL this year. And he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like that's gotta be hard on people, man. Like, I mean, you know, all those millions of dollars probably help, but that's gotta be tough. I mean, he's always had a chip on his shoulder, and I think it's just one of those things that probably energizes him to continue to prove people wrong, but I think he will always have a bad taste in his mouth because ultimately what happened to him in Cleveland was wrong. Like, that was objectively mm-hmm. wrong um, on a multitude of levels. And like you said, a lot of success at Oklahoma, but he's also just – i he is someone who I think does feed off it still, and I think he – um is going to keep fighting and i don't think he's there at that place mentally where it's uh i don't know i i think he's still a believer uh the panthers defense is pretty good still um i don't know panthers not really going anywhere uh that's a staff that's just uh heading for a mass firing most likely at some point this year but um speaking of mass firings the reason i brought up the commanders worst uh worst point differential in football no one's really talking about it, but are we sure Ron Rivera shouldn't be at the top of first coach fired? Like if we had to do a pool right now, like Ron Rivera, are we sure he's safe as the Washington football coach right now? So I think Ron Rivera is such a respected guy that mm. I don't know that they'll fire him that soon, especially when it doesn't seem like there's really anyone, you know, waiting. Like there's no reason to like I play out the seasons, especially if you're an owner, you're like, let's get this draft pick. Like tonight is a good example. D'Amico Ryans is going to be the guy that everybody wants to hire this year. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be, you know, you got your D'Amico Ryans. Who else would you think? I don't know. Who are you? Sean Payton. Maybe if he comes back, Sean Payton's not like he's getting the Cowboys job next year. It seems like that's like the, maybe, but like, I I just got to say, you know, Sean Payton's going to have every team looking. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Let's just, yeah. We'll, well, well, you have a San Francisco connection there. Martin Mayhew is running that uh, front office, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I my, but my point is this. I Mika don't Ryan know that be bad. this isn't the year where coaches, I think, get fired midseason. Just because, I, I don't know, man. Everything is so bland. Like, the, the commanders are losing at a, like, at a boring level, right? Like, the, the Panthers are losing. Like, no one is, like, spectacularly losing. It's just, like... It, there's just these really sad losses or like, nah, well, whatever. I, I, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like 
fire and brimstone usually comes from fire firing a head coach because it's so terrible. The product on the field is so terrible that like they have to rip that bandaid. And I don't think that's that like this year. I think it's just like, this is like a, like a, a numb, numb pain. It's just like a one well, at the end of the year, we'll fix it. We'll see. Um, in 36 games and a run Rivera, this is coming from Grant Paulson who does good work covering the commanders. He said uh, in a tweet, they have trailed 20 to nothing in 19% of his game. So at one out of every five games, he's down 20 to nothing, which is Jesus insane. He's trailed by 20 total in 27% of his games. He has trailed at any point in 91% of his games, second worst in the NFL at that time. I don't know. I think I'm moving him up the, to the top of the list as a, uh, the dark horse for first coach fired. He was cursing in his press conference today. I don't know if you saw that. He was, visib- he was pretty frustrated about uh, the state of the team. So uh, he said this, this is when, you know, things are just really, really bad. He said, quote, I understand how important it is to win, but I've got to be realistic with what we have and what we're trying to do. Not the most ringing endorsement for your current no. roster. And Carson Wentz. <laughs> When you start saying we've got to be realistic week four into a seven game, 17 game season, things are pretty bad. Things are pretty bleak uh, for the commanders. Um, things who I don't think are bleak for the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think people are really freaking out. The Ravens, obviously, late pick by Lamar, uh, loses that one against the, the Bills, but they got up on the Bills early and they were winning most of that game, but they perform really well. Um, on the flip side, uh, you had the Bucks. Uh, get just digging themselves a big hole early with the fumble on the kickoff and the Chiefs score immediately and the Chiefs just were able to do whatever they wanted all night. The Bucks ran for what like seven yards uh, in the game when they still almost won with Brady just being Brady and throwing to everybody under the sun uh, to keep them in it. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not really all that concerned about uh, the Bucks and the Bill, uh, the Ravens losing to two other Super Bowl favorites and the Chiefs and the Bills. I think people might be overreacting to both those teams because I think those four still are very much in my Super Bowl contender conversation. Is that the case for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Bucks, no. You're not you a Bucks believer. Bucks? Yeah, I think so. Doug, why did you not <laughs> see? First off, like. It's not like I'm like fully healthy bucks. I don't think are going to make the Super Bowl. Like they mm. have so many injuries. This isn't like I'm not being a hater. Like I did, like Tom Brady is not carrying this team to a Super Bowl victory. It's not going to happen. The only thing I will say is just I don't know about that. He is more open. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you're wrong. Like <laughs> like I love you, bro. But you're so wrong. I will like, say Todd Bowles gave up the most points uh, on Sunday night of any uh, Todd Bowles-led unit his entire coaching career. It's pretty Let wild. me put it this way. If Tom Brady mm-hmm. meets the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship, it will be the worst loss in his, his, in his career. Hmm. I'm not joking. And I mean, like, we're so far ahead, but that's actually a very tangible line. That'd be a fun storyline, though. Jimmy versus... Tom Jimmy yeah Jimmy versus Tom it would be so sad too because Tom's like 45 years old and like you know he's got a bunch of injuries on his team and the Niners just beat the crap out of him and he's like oh I didn't even do we know if they're cool who Jimmy and Tom I think they're cool yeah I do because Tom's not stupid right like Tom 
won that too. You have to remember, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like Jimmy came in and they're like, well, we're getting ready. Right. Like Tom was like, nah, I'm, I am that guy. Mm-hmm. And they sent him to San Francisco. So I don't think so. You know, and you have to remember too, that like Tom Brady brought, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Derby with him. They're all dressed up and fancy. You know, they're hanging out. Like, I don't, and that was after he got traded, by the way. Mm. When he was a 49er, he went to the Derby with. So I don't think they hate each other. I I, I mean, to be honest, when you're Tom Brady, I don't think you're worried about other quarterbacks. Mm. It's the people in charge that probably piss him off. That's fair. Um, he's, I just, until it actually happens, I'm just, I mean, he's completing 70% of his passes still. He's only throwing one pick, six TDs, 97 quarterback rating. He's not been the problem, uh, I would say. And, uh, but he's not the problem. That's that's the point. Tom Brady's never going to be the problem. Mm. He is, he is on a team that has not that great defense and holes all over the offensive line. They've they had more offensive line injuries than any team in the NFL before the season even started. Um, who do you think leads the league in sacks right now? 49ers. Oh, I meant quarterback. Sorry. I should specify. Who do you think has oh. been sacked the most? Um, what's it? What's his name? Um, was it Wentz? It is or Wentz. Is it? Yeah. 17 yeah, yeah. sacks. Joe Burrow right behind him at 16. Cause that man is just addicted to sacks. Yeah. Joe Burrow, man. He can't, he just, he's going to get himself killed. I mean, he. But do you see what he said? They said on the broadcast on Thursday night where they were like, he he told them that he likes getting hit because it's football. He said something to the effect where he's like, "That's part of it. Like, I like the getting sacked." Essentially, is what he was saying. Or it just like, it's part of the game. It's just something he enjoys is the physicality of it. I guess I don't know, man. The no, I think what he was saying is like, he's like, you you respect. You know, like you got to respect the football is the sport that it is. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough sport. Yada yada yada. Um, and as we all predicted, uh, the league leader in touchdown passes is Jared Goff through four weeks, eleven TDs. It's preposterous. It is a bit, uh, a it's bit ridiculous. Um, Evan Swartz, uh, the I had one other thing for you. Uh, Bengals back in the driver's seat in the AFC North. I think sitting at two and two now. Um, they go to Baltimore next week for a big, big time showdown, which will kind of tell us where they're going. Um, Chicago, I think, on their way to being uh, one of the worst teams in football again. I just, I don't know who I'd be more frustrated. If you're a fan of Detroit and you're a, or you're a fan of Chicago, based on what you've seen through four weeks as a fan, what would you be more frustrated with? The one and three Lions or the two and two Bears based on the way in which they've won and lost games? Who would you be more frustrated at? If you were if the 49ers were having either of those two kinds of seasons with the circumstances involved with fields and golf and stuff, who would you be more uh, frustrated by? The Niners or the Lions? No, what I'm saying is like if you were the Niners had basically the if the Niners were the Bears right now or the Lions right now, which would be more frustrating for you as a fan? I've always said this. I've, I've always said this, and, and, I, and I'll, I will end with this. If anyone on earth wants to tell me that it's more heartbreaking to be a Browns fan than a, than a Niners fan, I will physically fight their entire family. <laughs> From like from the youngest baby to the oldest grandfather, like I mm. will fight the entire family because it's an absurd 
thing to say when there's no hope, when you're the bears and you haven't had a starting quarterback in mm. 14 presidencies, like there's no hope there. Like you don't mm. wake up, se- you know, September and go, this is our year, right? Like mm. there's a numbness that comes with having a team that's that terrible. When you're the 49ers and you have heartbreaking losses in multiple NFC championships, in multiple Super Bowls, when you come from a team, you know, a team that had won five Super Bowls, the generation before you, Mm. everyone my age, that's a 49ers fan, they don't, all they know with their NFL team is pain and suffering. (laughs) The highest of highs only to immediately come crashing down at the, the worst possible times. NFC Championship, Super Bowl. The worst losses that they've had are essentially at the biggest game of the year and the the game that'll get you there. And their fathers and mothers that are 49ers fans got to see five Super Bowl wins. Mm -hmm. Some teams have none. So when you tell me that I'm supposed to pity the Browns fan who doesn't, Mm. they don't expect a Super Bowl. They don't expect that. Like when they get close, I'm sure they're hyped. But when they lose the year that they, you know, Baker and them had that playoff run when they lost, do you think they were sad or are they like, man, that was cool. Wow. Felt good to be there. It's been a while. Mm. They're not sad. They're like, God, that was, well, we got to go to the playoffs. (laughs) Try looking at a 49ers fan. When, when they didn't run the ball one time and capped through the ball and threw a goal line fade to Richard Sherman. Try being a mm. 49ers fan when Kyle Williams fumbled the ball in the NFC Championship, a game where if they won, they would have destroyed the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It's uh, different. That's fair. Uh, well, and before we get into our pick uh Evan, Justin Herbert. I was thinking about this recently, and it's popping up here, where I've said the Chargers, unfortunately, are just a very cursed franchise. We're talking about cursed franchises. Chargers are cursed. Justin Herbert, great quarterback. As much as I like uh, giving you a hard time with my Joe Burrow uh, over Justin Herbert, and I will continue to uh, push that narrative uh, for the foreseeable future uh, for my, my real QB1 of that draft. Mr. Joseph Burrow. Um, Justin Herbert has been sensational since coming to the league. He recorded his 19th game uh, from NFL.com with 300 passing yards, which tied who I thought was interesting. Andrew Luck's record for the most in a player's first three seasons in NFL history. He's kind of reminding me of the Andrew Luck in Indianapolis timeline. Look, Ryan Grigson did not develop that team well in Indianapolis. That has been well documented. There are all kinds of problems. Justin Herbert's third in sacks this year. Rayshon Slater goes down early. Uh, sensational offensive tackle. They don't really have the wideout production. Keenan Allen's out all the time. Um, they really are asking a lot out of Austin Eckler out of the backfield. They struggle to get past the Texans this week. Is there a path where Justin Herbert, after seven years of just dealing with the uh, the insanity of being a Los Angeles Charger and getting his brain speed in, throwing the ball a billion times, uh, 
just like uh, Andrew Luck did and just going through a lot of a battery of injuries and being a super smart guy that we know Justin Herbert is like Andrew Luck wasn't uh, I think Justin Herbert was like uh was he the valedictorian in his high school something like that he's um, very smart kid, yeah. yeah I don't know what if he's like this is just not worth it for me uh I love that he broke or tied Andrew Luck's record because he does kind of he's starting to remind me of Andrew Luck I will get I, I get that but like I don't know. Justin Herbert's not out here playing like World of Warcraft. Like, do we know that? Every, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He actually might, but like, <laughs> Justin Herbert grew up a huge Duck fan. He grew up loving mm-hmm. football. He's always loved football. You know what I mean? Like, and I think, I feel like Andrew Luck was like forced into football. I don't know. I I don't want to get into that because that's just whatever. What I will say is this: Justin Herbert took a bad, you know, bad injury to the rib. Mm. And they lost one game that they, for some reason, decided to play him, which made no sense in the first place. The Chargers could be three and one right now. They're two Mm. and two. You know, you say the receiving issues, but Mike Williams had 120 yards last week. But how many games has he played in three years? I understand that, but he's played three games this year. That's fine. So they have four. But my point is this Mm. Justin Herbert, again, 340 yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Right. They won. They beat the worst team in football. Now officially the Texans, right? Like you, yes, they're cursed, but they have the Texans, the Browns, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Falcons before they play the Niners. Mm-hmm. They realistically could win four of those games. So I understand, you know, and even this year, even me, I'm like, God, Chase is kind of right. The Chargers are charging. Um, but Justin Herbert still continues to play lights out. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the first three weeks, even like week four, like I felt like teams are still trying to get right, you know, like get right in the season and get like comfortable. So we'll we'll see. But they got a pretty easy week coming. against. It doesn't the help that the other Bosa gone for what eight to ten weeks too with yeah. his injury i mean pretty bad i don't know we'll see with the chargers um do you have a sword says a two-minute hot take for us tonight evan two minutes no i need two seconds oh nick Bo- nick nick bosa nfl mm. leader in sacks pressures mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. nfl leader in sacks with six okay there's mm-hmm. nothing else to say he's the best defensive player in the nfl He'll be the defensive MVP by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Respect to Aaron Donald because what he has done the last few years has been insane. Nick Bosa is him. Mm. I like it. You're all in, man. Do you have a Nick Bosa jersey? No, I can't do that. Why? Uh, you know, I'm a bleeding heart liberal I just, oh i get okay i, I was yeah. thinking about that i was like wait there had to be okay yeah that's yeah. uh i forgot yeah. uh, we don't have to get into all of that you know and honestly i will say ever since then nick bosa has been fantastic ever since we drafted him a lot of people were worried about like the whole maga stuff whatever whoever you vote for i don't care uh but he's been a fantastic teammate everyone loves him he is a just a good dude and he's the best defensive player in the nfl you're all in on nick bosa you're smitten Evan Swartz by Mr. 14 Bosa. pressures, <laughs> 14. That's more than some players will get in like half a season. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, our pick em. Are you ready for our two minutes? 
Screw the Lines, Week 5 Edition, Evan Swartz. My brother, it is late. Let's mm. get through these. Let's do it. I love how okay. you keep and let the good folks know. Evan's saying it's super late, and I want this to be perfectly clear. It is past midnight, East Coast time when we're recording this. It is when we got started here. It was the 8 o'clock hour when this podcast started, and he was complaining about how late it was, which I love. Because... I'm saying it's late for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm tired too, but yeah, I don't like staying up late. Like, what you know how you're, you know how you're like, I like being outside and having a nice walk and writing in my notebook or whatever mm-hmm. it is you old people do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like going to bed early. I don't like mm-hmm. staying up late. I, I, you know, I, I struggle sleeping constantly. And by the way, I should tell you about that. I found out medically why that is. Um, but I struggle sleeping. So like, I'm, I got to get a running head start every night just to make ends meet at all. Well, there's your first problem. You shouldn't be running to bed. That wires you. That gets you going. Figuratively. You... <laughs> mm-hmm. Me and you Man. both. No more running. Well, running for me, I, I I kid you not, like I'm probably gone for at least a year uh, because the chance of re-injury is very strong once you've had a foot fracture. Um, and I'm terrified of the rehabilitation here where I got to like ease into weight bearing on my foot and i don't know i'm not really like i mean i'm just trying to get through october so i gotta get through next couple weeks i'm over the shower experience evan there is nothing more demoralizing than showering with a broken foot and having to sit in a shower stool and just get rained on while you have your foot dangle outside of the shower it's bleak man it is a bleak experience to be that helpless and just i feel ridiculous taking a shower every day i can't stand it i get it man um well mr swords are you ready for our pickup i am indeed let's do All it right. week five colts and broncos this is thursday night right yep and where is this at denver mm. the colts are painfully mediocre this year just painfully right there in the middle. It hurts me as a longtime Matt Ryan guy, but watching them go down to the Titans, who are also painfully mediocre this year, there's just something not all the way there with this Colts team. Uh, I think the Broncos bounce back, but the Broncos, I think, are a 500 team too. But at home on Thursday, I think they bounce back. Give me the Broncos. I am going Broncos as well, but the Colts did beat the Chiefs and then lost this week, so I would be a little up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants and Packers, I'm going Packers. Yeah, definitely the Packers. The Packers, if you, have you looked at their schedule the rest, of, like the rest of this month? The Packers no. are going to be the number one seed in the NFC. Let's just go ahead and pencil that in. That doesn't mean they're winning the NFC, but if you want to beat the Packers, or you want to get to the Super Bowl this year, you're going to have to go through uh lambo they get the giants at home the jets at home next week and then at dc like they're just going into uh i mean october we'll I mean, see we'll we'll see that's okay. all i'll say right now we'll see i'll take the packers too but we'll yeah. see uh patriots and lions i'm taking the lions i think mac will be back for this one um we'll see is he gonna start is the other quarterback better I don't even know his name. Generic white guy. Hold on. Put some respect on Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky legend. Bailey Zappi put up some bonker stats for uh, the Hilltoppers last year. Went bowling, beat App State. By the way, Bailey Zappi. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What a name. 
It's a good name. Bailey Zappi. Uh, let the man cook. Let Bailey cook. Um, no, I don't think Dan Campbell's beating Bill Belichick this week. Not happening in New Orleans. Uh, in New England. No, give me give me the Pats to bounce back here. Okay. Chargers, Browns. I got the Chargers. This is at Cleveland. Uh, give me the Browns and a bounce back home game. The Browns can still run the football. They don't caught like this is going to be a turnover happy one where I think the Chargers will make a little. They will charge her a little bit too much here, and I think the the Browns getting Miles Garrett back will be a huge help because there is no Rayshon Slater uh, to protect and uh, defend against um, this Browns front seven, which is good. And also the Browns do have the best offensive line of football, so no Bosa there to disrupt. I think this is a a good way for the Browns to bounce back. Give me the Browns. Oh man! All right, yeah, you just no faith. Uh, okay, Jaguars and Texans. I think we'll both go Jaguars here. Texans are just just awful. I will say, Davis Mills makes some good throws. He had some pretty ones. He had a deep one to Nico Collins on Sunday. He's not bad. David Mills. Uh, is it Davis Mills? I always get it backwards. Is it Davis or David? The Stanford legend, David. I don't know. Davis Mills. Mills? Is it Davis? Whenever I say Davis, it feels wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, he was he was solid uh, again on Sunday against uh, the Chargers. But no, give me the Jacks bounce back. Uh, tough loss on the road at Philly, but they fought hard. And Trevor Lawrence is playing his tail off this year. So give me the Jacks. Okay, uh, Bucks and Falcons. I think we're well. Actually, I'll say I'm going Buccaneers, but I still think they're mid. I think this game comes to uh, the Falcons are only going to play in close games this year. I think. And I think this is another close one where I do not think uh, the Bucks and Falcons will be punting all that often. And I think the the uh, the Chiefs were able to run on Tampa Bay this Sunday. And I think the same will be true for the Falcons. I think even without Cordero, they'll be able to run on uh, on the Bucks. But I do think Mariota against this front seven and defense. I think he's gonna. This is gonna be a mistake prone week, my guess for Mariota and. Uh, the Falcons lose in a close one and a in a rough one where like Marietta throws like a pick six or something or fumbles in Tampa Bay territory late. Uh, give me the bucks. Unfortunately. Cool. 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 Uh, Steelers bills. I'm going bills, but it's going to be a weird game. Can you pick it? Buffalo four quarters of Kenny Pickett this week. Uh, old Josh Allen versus new Josh Allen. Ooh. That just Jared Bailey listen to this pod somewhere in Pittsburgh. Not loving that's that. A, that's a compliment, right? I know, I mean, but he he was all in on the Trubisky stuff. He was a writer. Well, yeah, for, but I we told him he didn't want to listen. He didn't want to listen. He called Trubisky athletic. <laughs> God, get him back on this podcast so I could bully him. <laughs> uh, no, Clip give me that. the bills here. I think they, Clip that. They, yeah. Clip that. I want. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not joking. That whole part at the end. Get him back on the podcast. So we bully. I want that. I'll just DM him. Uh, no, I literally, I want that clip. You can do it. Do it. All right. It's like five seconds. Yes, it doesn't even sir. have to be soon. It doesn't even have to be soon. It could be like fucking two weeks from now. Well, I'm definitely not going to remember it at that point. Well, you know, I don't want You're a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh where are we going dolphins next? and yeah. jets i you know the battle of kyle shanahan's exes i don't like teddy bridgewater going up to new york here and the jets showed some grit showed some moxie that robert solid defense was good on sunday now give me the jets at home i think they're over 500 
No way, dude. No way. Mm. Dolph, Dolphins. Teddy looked decent. You know, I think Teddy, by the way, this is such a late time for this, but I, the idea that like Jimmy Garoppolo can't see, succeed in Kyle's offense when Teddy and Tua are both doing well and you know, Mike's offense, like, come on, come on. Dolphins winning this game. Bears okay. and Vikings. God, the Vikings want to be bad so badly, but they just keep winning. The Vikings, I think, are fine. Like, I don't. The Vikings have a fun, fun, good offense. Um, I, I think they're they're good. They just the schedule's been really kind to them. They the double doink in London was preposterous, but you hate to see it uh, for the New Orleans Saints. But that was the case. No, give me the give me the Vikings and the Bears are just the Bears' offense just <sighs> terrible. Okay, Vikings are a playoff um, team, by the way. Let's just go ahead and pencil I, that. I, I, I think I told you that, right? I yeah. That was my thing. I said that they'll potentially do better than the Packers this year. Titans and Commanders, another uh, another Oof. week, another game where we will not be watching. I guess the Titans, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Commanders won. This is just – I think this is going to be an ugly game. Uh, no, give me, the, give me the Titans, but I don't feel great about it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I – yeah, I'll go Titans – God, they're so bad. Uh, here's a game in God. These are terrible games, bro. Seahawks and Saints. I don't want to. Ugh. Nah, man. I don't care. Saints are gonna win, though. I hope they do. I don't want to see the Seahawks go on a roll. The Saints' offense is not good. I don't know, man. I think I might. Go- I'm going Seahawks here. I think the Seahawks offense is legit. I don't think the Saints can score enough. Like I like the defense in New Orleans to this point, but I don't know. I think the Seahawks offense is legit. Uh no, give me the Seahawks on the road here. Okay. Uh 49ers and Panthers. This is going to be a fun week. Poor Baker mm. Mayfield. Does anybody have a worse time against the 49ers defense well, Matt Stafford? But you remember mm. that remember that Browns game? I do against Baker with Nick Bosa waving the imaginary Ohio state flag. Mm-hmm. That was, that was rough. Does, does, does Baker make it out alive from this game? Yeah. He'll move around. He'll be fine. Um, Sam Darnold might be dressing for this one. So they'll have a backup. It looks like, uh, no, give me the Niners to win comfortably here. Uh, Eagles and Cardinals. Is this weird that I, I kind of want to root for the Cardinals, but they're looking not root, but like I, I think they might win this game. It's at Arizona. Philly's been on this weird streak. It's got to break eventually. Hmm. Do you think it ends here? Are you going Cardinals? I, I don't want to go Cardinals. I just like their streak has to end soon. And like the Cardinals have like, obviously Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray is just that athletic dude that like, if, if someone was going to pull a weird win out against them this early, it would probably be them. Hmm. I can't do it yet. The Cardinals don't look good at all, but again, the Cardinals is just, they're so obsessed with the D hop Kyler connection that I want to see what this group looks like with Ertz, with hop and with Brown. Let me just see what that looks like. And then I'll make my Cardinals take. Uh, but no, give me the Eagles here. Uh, give me the Eagles. All right. And then so uh, after that game, we do have the Rams and Cowboys. That's, like I said, going to be a weird one. 
Uh, I'm going. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going Rams, but I don't want them to win. I'm going Cowboys until the Cowboys lose. I think the defense is legit. They know what they are. They're just slow and steady. Cooper Rush not making any mistakes on offense. Uh, Michael Gallup's back in the fold. CD Lamb showing out the last couple weeks. No, I. I think the Cowboys are better right now. Give me the Cowboys. I mean, you're you. You know, every year you just have like. <laughs> this idea that ends up being so aggressively wrong. And I think this might be yours this year. The Cowboys faith. Yeah. It's mm. so weird. <laughs> Ravens and Bengals. Does Joe Burrow die? I mean, he can't like it. He's just going to be, I think this is just part of his career now. I think we should just go, it's year three and he's still getting sacked like this. Um, I don't know. I Leo Collins has not been good at right tackle. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a big one. I still think Ravens, but I would not be surprised if the Bengals pull this out. It's a big win for both sides. I'm gonna go Ravens, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I myself am going Ravens because they've looked great all year, and I love Lamar, and I'm so happy for him. So get paid, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's gonna be a weird game. All right, where are we wrapping? Chiefs and Raiders. Chiefs are going to annihilate them. Oh, are you ready for my upside of the week? Oh, no. The Raiders every- on... Bum, 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 The Vegas Raiders with the upset. A long layoff for the Chiefs. The Raiders coming off their first one of the year. They're not as bad as the record shows. I think the Raiders bounce back here. Max Crosby... And company had a, a fun game. Max Crosby, is he still the lone sack uh, machine in this Vegas front seven? Might be the case. Um, I don't know. I, I think this will be a fun one. What if Devontae Adams goes off in this one? Who says no? Josh Jacobs. Uh, we'll see if he can run the football against this Chiefs front seven because the Bucks could not a week ago. No, give me, this is my upset of the week. Give me the Raiders on Monday Night Football on primetime to up in the Chiefs who everyone's just... Uh, all back in on. Remember, Chiefs lost two weeks ago to the Indianapolis Colts. They're beatable. It's a it, the it, the first three weeks were weird, but I don't think that's going to continue. I think we're going to start to see for the rest of the season the good teams beat the bad teams. I don't think we're going to mm. have some, as many weird upsets as we've we've had the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to dog walk the Raiders, and then we are going to be looking. Maybe not this, not that week, because it'll be like, well, it's the Chiefs, it's Patrick Mahomes. But very soon, the Raiders are going to lose some more games, and they might be looking. We might be looking at some Josh McDaniel firing. They're going to fire head coaches midseason back to back. Nah, McDaniel's fine. He's not. They the GM's in there. Dave Ziegler was his guy. It's just he's going to get like three years in Vegas, the bare minimum. Um, well, there we go. Mr. Swords, uh, anything you'd like to plug as we wrap up here on a Monday night? Nick Bosa. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Well, hold on. You're not doing the bit. How do we... Uh, what, do, what do the good people oh, well, do? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you usually say anyone I want to plug. I don't want to plug anything. I'm tired. But what I will say <laughs> is, you know... The tired Nick stuff. Bosa, Nick Bosa is a five-star defensive end for the San oh, like 49ers. Mm-hmm. And I think he would want a five-star review for his play tonight. And like he, 
getting his five-star review for the for the fantastic two-sack, 14-pressure game, I'd say give us and Chase Thomas of the Chase Thomas Podcast on Blue Wire Radio a five-star review. There you go. Why not? You're about to go to bed anyways. Probably or maybe you just woke up. You're watching it. You're almost at work. Yeah. Like you're getting settled in. You just got your coffee. Who cares? Mm-hmm. It'll take two seconds. Just do it. Be nice for Chase, not for me. I'm nobody. Well, no, for both of us. For that guy out there in Los Angeles, California, Mr. Evan Swords, for myself uh, here in Knoxville, Tennessee, that is all we've got. We'll be back with our NFL show next week here on the Chase Thomas Podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, Evan Swords, I will talk to you next week. All right, brother. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.